Uh, welcome to Off Our Game Interviews. Uh, we do our best here to, on this segment to speak with people who have been in sports or have been in the sports industry. Tonight, we do have a special guest. We have a former professional football player, former DB and special teams captain at Texas A&M University, and a DeSoto High alum, Billy Mitchell. Billy, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little about yourself, sir. Well, uh, not much to tell other than the fact that I've been in sports my entire life. Um, I can't remember a day when I wasn't in sports. I uh, started, of course, in Little League like everybody else in Lamarck, Texas. Um, went to played in junior high and went on to uh, move to Dallas, where, like you said, I played at DeSoto. And believe it or not, my picture is still on the wall uh, in the field house. They call me the original Eagle because I was one of the first guys to come out of DeSoto that, that actually went Division One. Uh, I was there before they were the powerhouse and the, you know, the DeSoto University that it, that they consider it now. We were still 5A, but, bro, when I tell you that uh, the, the gene pool was a little shallow back in the gap, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't nearly what it is now. You know, we had one of the toughest districts in, in, in the state of Texas. We had Carter, Kimball, Duncanville, Grand Prairie, cool. South Grand Prairie, and us. Man, so that's loaded. When I, talk, that's <laughs> so when I say it was a meat grinder, <laughs> dude. Man, you should get a ring just man. to come out of that. <laughs> yeah. like that Dallas SEC. Carter alone is, oof. Dude, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, what during my tenure there, Dallas won, Dallas Carter won state in football a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncanville, Duncanville won state in basketball. DeSoto won state in baseball. And I think Grand Prairie won state in track. And we were all in the same district. Yeah, that's tough. In this basis. Yeah, I mean, like I played with, I played, matter of fact, I played against Greg Ostertag. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try shooting over that in, in high school. Okay. Yeah, no right. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I, I went on, I left DeSoto, went on to Texas A&M, uh, met my wife, Karen, um, back in 1992, and we've been kicking it strong, like really ever since then. We've been married uh, for going on, this year will be t- year 25, we're going to Bora Bora uh, for our 25th wedding anniversary, uh, looking forward to that, and you know, just right now, just enjoying being a dad and coaching, uh, coaching the boys. Um, teaching eighth grade science at Fondren Middle School and, you know, just trying to impact as many lives as I can one at a time. That's, man, that's awesome to hear, man. Uh, that's an awesome story to come out with. I, I could ask you a thousand questions just from what you said right there, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, but, like, uh, you know, you played everything growing up, but uh, what made yeah. football stand out for you? Where did you find your, your, I guess, your love for football? Well, my, my dad, believe it or not, played for the Oilers and the Chargers. Um, but he also never coached me a down, a down in my life because, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so my love for the game probably came genetically because my grandfather was also like the, he was the head coach of the segregated, uh, high school in, in Galveston, which was central high school. So he actually brought the first and only state championship to, to Galveston. And when he passed away, they gave him a day and they honored him and all that good stuff. Uh, so you can kind of say that football has just always been in my blood. And uh, when I when I figured out I was going to be too short to play basketball, but I was really, really fast. Yeah, I think football became my first pick. Yeah, I will I will say that 
Billy has been one of the fastest individuals I've ever seen in person ever. I've seen a lot of fast people, but B Mitch has got some wheels for sure. <laughs> but hey, dude, I'm gonna need you to tell that to the boys because for some reason they just think that they got they just got it like out the womb from nobody. They think that God just put them aside and you know blessed them, and that was it. They don't think the genetics had anything to do. With hey, man, both you and Karen. I mean, come yeah. on. Yes, I mean, yeah. they got like, it. Karen, it had to be fast. Doug, dude, I'm gonna tell you. And, I, and I've told Karen this, so I feel comfortable telling you and the rest of the world. If my kids did not come out at, at very, very <laughs> athletic, there was going to be some questions and some conversations. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I'm, I'm just keeping a buck with you. I ran 4.38. You know, Karen was like the fastest at our high school and actually turned down a track scholarship to a She was a long jumper and a high jumper. So, bro, if my kids didn't come out running fast and jumping high, Hey, got a conversation here, man. What's going on? For sure, somebody got to tell me something. You know <laughs> yeah, you can't imagine being the slow one in that household. You're like, what? No, hey, dude. Yeah. I, I, matter of fact, I made a video to where uh, we got a we got a Belgian Malinois, and I don't know if you know anything about the Belgian Malinois, but that's the dog that like climbs up walls and yep. you know j climbs trees, and I like. I had him outside and I was like throwing the Frisbee with him. He was running and he tracked the Frisbee, jump in the air and he was about 80 pounds. So it was like the post said something like, see, everybody in our house is athletic. <laughs> exactly. That's great. So even, um, even, the, even the dog got to get it in. You know what I'm saying? He can't be showing up. Yeah. Now, you know, duh, hey, bro. <laughs> Hey, Shadow's, Shadow's a special kind of dog. We've actually sent him the training so they don't have to worry about lawsuits. Asking. Yeah, you gotta do that. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a he, hey, dude. It's, it's a great breed, but at the same time, yeah. you it's a lifestyle breed because his motor yeah. his motor doesn't stop. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, Billy, you said you were one of the original Eagles, right? That's I guess yeah. in a sense set that foundation for DeSoto University, not DeSoto Eagle. Uh, who else like kind of set that standard out there with you to set DeSoto the way it is now today? When I came out, there was only one guy in front of me uh, that actually went to that went to a Division One school, and I think he came out like two years before I did. He so like he was a senior when I was a sophomore, and I was just not getting on varsity. A guy named Turk McDonald went to Texas uh, University as or as as we affectionately call it TU. You know oh what yeah, I'm we do. That's that's the yeah, proper term. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, um, he 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 chose to be a T sip. I've never held it against him. Uh, everybody's everybody's allowed to have, make their mistakes, and I'm just glad he made his early in life. I hope he's bounced <laughs> back from it. I haven't talked to him in a, in a long time, but you know, he, he made his decision. Brother had to lie in it. All I know is that while I was at AM, we never lost the Southwest Conference game, and that includes when Texas was in it. So, right. you tell me who, who who actually got the short end of that? But that's another story. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like I came out with another guy named Jesse Cox, who actually went to AM with me. Uh, right. So it was me, Jay Cox, uh, Ronald Donaldson. Um, let's see who else came out. We actually had a we had a decent uh, graduating class. Um, but guys before me, like Corey Beard, I think he, Corey ended up going to uh, SMU. Uh, you remember Jake, uh, JJ Smith, who was, he was like all state free safety. He ended up going to Sam Houston. So we, 
like back then we didn't have a whole bunch, but the guys who were getting it in, it, probably if we had gone to like well more renowned schools at the time, we would have been, you know, probably the guys. But, you know, we ended up going off to college and becoming the guys, which is cool. That is cool. Uh, I don't want to have hog all the questions, guys. Anybody else got a question? Please chime in for uh, Bill. Yeah, I just wanted there. to ask Bill. You know how you know coming out of high school. How was your recruiting process for you compared to how it is now for your son? Well, dude, now now that I'm like done with recruiting, I'm done with uh, college. I'm done with football in general. I can actually tell the truth. Um, <laughs> when I was, <laughs> I read it. When I was a uh, when I was a uh, senior i was i was i was actually a junior about to become a senior my mom moved out of DeSoto and moved to become the dean of instruction at skyline high school in dallas and if you were going to be in the administration in dallas you actually had to live in dallas well i told my mom i was like well I'm, actually that was my junior year my bad my junior year so i told mom i was like i'm gonna start i'm gonna start in tailback already me changing schools would not be a good look for me uh, especially when I went to Skyline's practice and all the linemen were my size. So I was mm. like, nah, mom, that's not a good look. So uh, in, instead of me uh, transferring to Skyline, um, I, 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 we had, I had some help. I'll say that. I had some, my mom had some help in getting me an apartment and a car so that I could stay in DeSoto. So when you start talking about recruiting, my recruiting experience was vastly different from a lot of guys' experience because, like, the coaches had different kind of conversations for me. Like, catching up with me was a, was a little bit harder catching up with than, like, catching up with a guy who was living at home with his parents. So it was like, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. So it was like they'd show up at school and, you know, coach, you know, coach would be like, um, so – you know, I can't really talk to you off campus, but if you just happen to be at the Sonic down the street, uh, roughly around 630, I, you know, we might be, you know, having a shake there at the same time. And then if you parked in the car right next to me, we might could have a talk. We, we might could, you know, just talk about the menu or something. So have a conversation. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But Randomly, you know, randomly. Yeah, very random, extremely <laughs> random. I, I never eat a Sonic. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just you know, recruiting and stuff like that. Like, like right now, because of COVID, um, they don't really, they don't really do a whole bunch of face-to-face. -face. Uh, that's why kids now take a lot of uh, unofficial visits. I, like, I never took an unofficial visit in my life. Only visits I took were the five that, I, were the five official visits that I actually wanted to take. But as far as them, you know, blowing smoke up your butt, making you feel like you, you hung the moon, that hasn't changed. The only thing that I actually think that really has changed is the they, they have to work harder to get to have that personal touch and make you feel special because they can't do all the home visits that they used to. Um, my oldest, Will, who's now actually start his, his, his recruiting is starting to take off, uh, just got a write up, I think with 24 seven that he's now one of the, he's now considered one of the best safeties, uh, in the state of Texas. So he's actually getting a little bit more notoriety than he was. Uh, you know, it was, it's, it's crazy when, you know, you got guys who are sophomores or freshmen and, and, you know, people are talking about they're getting the offers and, you know, universities and colleges, college coaches are talking to these kids, um, you know, in junior high school and that sort of thing. Um, to me, it's all, you know, a bunch of window dressing 
because if you don't qualify for a Division One scholarship, they're really just wasting their time. Yeah. And when I say qualify, I mean you got to have the GPA. You got to have what? Well, you used to have to have the uh, the SAT score. Uh, you got to. I mean, there's there's certain core core classes that you have to actually take. But nobody's actually talking about that when these kids are, you know, are quote unquote getting offers. Uh, it had, matter of fact, it had Will feeling a certain kind of way because he was like a junior. He had zero offers. Dude, believe it or not, his backup had an offer from Texas Tech. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so recruiting has gone from, uh, to me, it's gone from, you know, having film and just being a football player to where they want all these guys who are supersized and they want them to have these certain measurables before they actually consider you as a D1 talent when, you know, a lot of times you turn on the film. It, well, it used to be you turn on the film and that's what determined your talent. Mm -hmm. It determined, yeah. you know, whether you whether you were built for it or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can see guys turning down tackles. Uh, on the film, but you can't see him turning down tackles, even though he's, you know, six feet tall, 175, 180 pounds. Uh, so if you want to talk about how it's changed, that that in itself has changed. Uh, my youngest, Dylan, he was actually invited uh, to come and visit and tour Alabama, Shell, back when he was, what, I think nine years old. Um, I, hell, I wasn't visiting Alabama at nine years old, and I was one hell of an athlete even back then. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the environment has changed drastically, and parents really need to – well, old-school athletes like myself really need to, I guess, get their toes wet, get their feet wet, and understand that it's changed so they can maximize their opportunities in this new environment because yeah. – you know, Will felt like he Will felt like a scrub because he didn't have any offers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so but, I, but I kept I kept telling him to do the offers don't mean anything if you don't qualify for. Them. Yeah. Are you okay? There was one part of what you were saying, Billy, that really struck me just for half a second, and I hate to, I'm not trying to steal anybody's question, but you're saying that they're looking sometimes more at measurables than they're at production on the field. Like it doesn't matter how many yards sometimes a guy has; it's more about Hey, I'm 6'2, I'm 185 pounds. They're looking at that before they're looking at production? Or correct me if I'm Absolute, wrong, what you're saying. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Really? So it sounds like analytics is creeping into yeah. the recruiting process then. Yeah, but but analytics can't take can't take in consideration a kid's heart. It can't take yeah. in consideration a kid's training. I agree. Uh, because like I've always told Will that his skill set was going to catch up with him. I've been teaching him how to play corner basically his entire life. Uh, matter of fact, he learned his left he learned his left from his right going through the speed ladder. So to say that he's uh, a bona fide no, he 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 has he has skills that not a whole bunch of people have at his age. You know, um, his technique is off the charts, but he's only five nine. 171 pounds and that's not considered to be a corner that's considered to be a safety now when we grew up five nine 171 and you you know and you run a, a 10 8 6 and 100 to us that sounded like a cornerback yeah mm -hmm. but yeah. now they but now they want the corners to be you know they almost don't even care how fast he isn't mm -hmm. uh they want him to be six feet tall they want him to be you know, 100 175 pounds and they want him to be have long arms you know kind of built like a spider which is cool, 
But what if you can't teach him how to backpedal? What if you can't teach him how to come out of his break? What if you can't mm-hmm. teach him all the things? What if he doesn't have good feet? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, 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 it's wild to think about just knowing where we came from and what we're used to seeing. But, dude, that's what it, that's what it is. I mean, I mean, Cookie, you've seen Will's film. You saw him knock a kid's helmet off. You've seen him run run kids down from 30, 40 yards out and, and catch them before they reach the end zone. I mean, you see, you see his huddle, and you were like, dude, that's a ball player. But the question that, you know, they, that he still gets is, how tall are you? The fact that you say that, man, I've been watching your boys for, for <laughs> years now and seeing them develop and grow and, and, and seeing the things that they've been doing. And the fact you're telling me that that's the case is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. It is flat out shocking. Bananas. That's crazy. Bananas. Because the argument that I would have for him for years was, dude, just wait until you have film. Just wait until yeah. you have film. Yeah. He, he, was a, he was a standout on his freshman team. Well, I take that bet on JV because he didn't play freshman because he broke his elbow. He broke his elbow his freshman year uh, during seven on seven, so he missed the whole fresh his whole freshman year of football. Uh, so then, his sophomore year, even though he was like the most polished defensive back that they had, he was still a little undersized, and he played JV. Well, he played on JV and he was faster than everybody else. So you can imagine how that went. Mm-hmm. Um, so then his, so then he was like, well, well, what about now? Like, dude, you're not getting offers because you haven't played varsity yet. Well, then of course that what blew that up was one of the guys on his team who's a backup has like four offers and he hadn't even, he hadn't even touched the field. Wow. So, but at the same time, you know, he's like 5'10", 5'11". You know, he, mm-hmm. he looks the part in the uniform. Yeah. And, you know, so then I keep telling him, you know, you, you just don't have film. You just don't have film. You just don't have film. So then when the season concluded, he had film. And mm-hmm. his film looked good. His highlight reel was like, damn, dude. you." He ran down. <laughs> he, he, he literally ran down two receivers and a running back and kept them from scoring. And when I say mm-hmm. ran them down, I mean, like, playing safety on the opposite side of the field, the kid breaks and he go get him from like 40 yards out. Another one was where a wide receiver uh, caught a pass, the the corner fell and Will from the other side runs, runs the kid, runs the wide receiver down and doesn't allow him to score. I mean, stuff like that. That's crazy. And 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 that's not not getting attention of coaches everywhere. Just watching that, (laughs) just the rundowns. Well, there there are some coaches, uh, like the like like UNLV, uh, really really they're really really high on Will. Like matter okay. of fact, here recently, Will when Will was like, um, you know, that when the write up from twenty four seven came out that he was one of the best safeties in the in the in the state, uh, it, the coach from the 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 defensive back coach from UNLV is the person who sent it to him and he just told will this is something we already knew you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it was he, he actually had to have the conversation that you know i don't care as long as you're not you know five five 155 pounds we want you <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just saying that you know all you need is film they kind of blew that out the water when uh, all his team when his when his younger teammates and kids his backups and kids who hadn't played and touched the field and you know they were getting offers and he wasn't so it was it was kind of disheartening for him. Yeah, but, but it sounds like that's know, changing now. It it's, sounds like it's, it's starting, it's starting yeah. to change. 
it's yeah. it's, start, it's starting to change, and it's a and and I'm happy for him. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to get him to start kicking in on this gas because we're making all these doggone unofficial visits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but other than other than that, I mean, you know, I so do you think? Uh, so do you think corners his natural position, or do you think they they just put him at safety, or did he migrate to that naturally? Oh, uh, Will is a football player more so than anything. Put him wherever you want. Dude, he can he can cover the slot. He can cover outside. He can tackle. He was one of the best tackles. He actually led the uh, he led the secondary in tackles with like fifty seven tackles for the year. <laughs> um, you know he he had one interception, which was a pick six, uh, which was uh, which was ridiculous. He he caught it. it yeah, you know what I'm saying. He caught it. It got gone and. You know, it actually looked like a track meet where you where you see somebody on second leg and they just break out of the pack and everybody else just left behind. Mm-hmm. It was one of those type of things, man. It's yeah, he nah. he's a phenomenal talent, uh, and there's good and whoever whoever gets him, they're gonna get a high character guy, which should be one of their priorities. But more than that, they're gonna get a, a kid who's just a flat out great football player and great pedigree. Um, you know, fast as I don't know what, and he and he wants to do well. He really, really, and that and that's the that's the that's the key component that you really kind of overlook a lot of times is when a kid wants to do well. There are a lot of kids who do well, and they can't tell you why. He can tell you that he's here because he works hard. He's here because he because he goes to the field. He go, he he's here because he. He basically eats the weight room. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's got 3.2 GPA. He's, t- you know, he's bilingual. Uh, he actually, when he was in elementary school, he actually took his uh, standardized testing in in Spanish uh, because he was, he was in a dual language program from kindergarten to fifth grade. So he's he's one of those kids that you want in your program. He's just not six feet tall. Yeah. Well, that that has leads me to a really good question. Actually, you you played at DeSoto. You were a running back, but when you got to yeah. A&M. <laughs> uh, did they, re- they recruit you as a running back or they recruit you as a DB? How did that, ha- that they, happen and what, how did that change? Bro, they told me that they were recruiting me as an athlete and that if I wanted to play running back, I could. And then Coach Davey, who was, my, who was the guy who was recruiting me, he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, the first day that we were to report, I show up on campus, I put my chest down and they say, hey man, Coach Davey's been looking for you. And I thought he wanted to actually invite, you know, welcome me to the campus and you know, glad to have you here and blah, blah, blah. I get up to his office that night and the thing that first thing out of his mouth is he's talking to me about the the depth chart and opportunities at corner. So (laughs) (laughs) had you played any corner before that? Had you played any corner? No, I had no play corner. I played I played a little safety just because, you know, in high school that's where you put your best athlete. Mm -hmm. So I played free. Uh, like maybe one or two games. And then when I was just exhausted in the fourth quarter, uh, they decided that uh, I think the stat was I was 80% of our offense. So they decided that they were going to take me off of a, off a defense and I was only going to play offense. So that was, that's, that was my defensive prowess in, in high school. But when I got to, but when I got to A&M, um, you know, like I said, first day they had me up there talking about corner, and at very first practice I was wearing a maroon jersey uh, with the rest of the defense. Very first practice. Um, How did you feel about you that? Know, yeah. At the time, dude, I mean, I just wanted to play. Be yeah. honest with you, I'm kind of like Will. I just, 
I was just a football player as far as I was concerned. I knew I could, I knew I could do it, but I honestly, I was a natural foot. I was a natural running back because I've been playing it since little league. I mean, I was, I was really, really good at it. Um, I was a natural with the ball in my hand and I tell people all the time I was, I was, I was basically ahead of my time because like back then, uh, think about it. I went, when I got to AM, uh, Darren Lewis, and and Robert Wilson were the running backs at the, at uh, at A and M, two hundred twenty five and two hundred forty five pound running backs. I came in at like one hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah. I I just didn't fit that scheme. But but nowadays, if I was playing, I ran I ran a four three eight and a forty, uh, and didn't mind running over somebody, I'd be a perfect running back now. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, they put me they'd be at, trying they to get you out in open slide. space and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they put me at slot and put me in the backfield and you know do all that. But so you know, it's just it's just you know your season. I was, dude. I, but while I was at AM, uh, they did use me. I was a I was a kick returner. Um, I just couldn't because our defense was so good. I just couldn't never get enough kick returns to be ranked nationally. Uh, when Quadrick Vanover was the number one kick returner, I would have been number two, but we didn't give enough get give up enough points for me to have enough uh, returns for me to be ranked. Isn't that's that a, a hard? That's problem a good to problem have. to have. Yeah. So that sucks. <laughs> so, so that's I would a love good to. problem to have for A and M, not <laughs> for you personally, <laughs> though, right? <laughs> so that brings me that, to a question. Oh, you're at A and M. You you we hear the the mantra wrecking crew. You were on yeah. the wrecking crew. How do yeah. you feel about that that being used? So it, it feels like it's used lightly. How do you feel about that being used like it is? Honestly, it's a joke, bro. <laughs> Thank you. It's a joke. It's, I mean, I hear them saying it, and they're like, wrecking crew, wrecking crew. I'm like, come on, dude. You're a couple of guys with hammers. Come on, bro. You're not yeah. really a wrecking crew. You know no. what I mean? No. Because think about it, dude. We were DBU. We were linebacker you, and we had – no, we had a busload of defensive linemen that were off the chain. Yeah, Big Sam Adams, Eric England, uh, Kiefer Chatham, uh, bro. I mean, come on, man. And then you got Quentin Corriott, uh, Al B, uh, Buck Nine, Patrick Bates, Kevin, uh, Derek Frazier, Kevin Smith, Chris Crooms, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn, Donovan Greer. Ooh, that's, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, I was telling let, the guys last yeah. night, back in the day, there used on that at that Long John Silver's there on Texas Avenue, there used to be a oh. picture on the wall of <laughs> you and Aaron Glenn and a couple other dudes, and I for, forever tried to figure out how to get that bad boy out of there, but it was screwed <laughs> to the wall. <laughs> Dude, I mean, we like I said, think about it. I ran four three eight in the forty, and I was the fourth fastest guy in our secondary. That's at four three eight. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Now, wow. mind you, I was the biggest corner that we had because I was actually 5'10", uh, 185 pounds. Uh, I could, like right now, I'd be, I'd, I'd been, I would have been considered a safety. Uh, Coach Davey said one day, he called, he had me, uh, Ray Mickens, and AG uh, in his office one day. And he said, look, man, I got a problem. My three best defensive backs, all y'all play corner. I need somebody to move to safety. We all looked at each other like, shit, I'm, I'm winning the starting job. I ain't got to move to safety. <laughs> like, all of us, right. I mean, like, legitimately, all yeah. of us looked at each other like, shit, you, you, you can move if you want to. <laughs> um, but in hindsight, if he had just said, B, I need you to move to safety, I'd have said, okay, coach, shit, let's, let's go with it. 
And then you then you would have had AG at four three. Well, let me see. I think AG ran a four three three. You had Ray Ray at four three, at four three five, and you had a safe and you would have had a safety that ran four three eight. Nasty, stupid. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think Coach Davy was trying to be respectful of me because I think I think they already had their their mind made up who they wanted to who they wanted to actually be the starters just because they fit the body type. I was I was a unicorn back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I should have been playing safety, but nobody would say, "Hey, dog, you need to play safety." Yeah. Who who led that? Defense? good. It worked out. Yeah. Who led that defense for you guys? Who was the who was the leader of that defense, man? The alpha uh Quinn Coriot. Yeah. That does not surprise me saying that. Uh-uh. Quinn <laughs> that, Coriot. That no. was a beast. No, Quinn Coriot was our alpha. But if you were going to talk about who was our mouthpiece, uh, LB, by far. Yeah. LB was a dog. When I say a football player, he was he was a dog. He was a just flat-out dog, man. Uh, he was our heartbeat. But at the same time, it's kind of hard. I mean, think about it, man. If 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 I told you if I told you that Quentin Correa, Sam Adams, Patrick Bates, Kevin Smith, Derek Frazier, all on the same defense. Yeah, all on the field together. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. Dream team. Ridiculous, bro. It really is. That's what made Ridiculous. those years so amazing to watch. Was, I mean, yeah, I've always been a defensive, you know, minded type person. So, yeah. you know, watching A and M in the in the eighties and nineties was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. The funny story about Coach Slug, we played Texas Tech, and uh, Texas Tech, I think, uh, scored, and then we scored at the end of the uh, we scored at the end of the half. We're going, we, it was, I can't even say we're going back and forth, but we were up by three. At halftime, Coach Slocum comes in at halftime, comes into the defense meeting room and says, okay, man, we're up by three. If we do our job, then we win. I'm like, wait a minute. Offense don't have to score no more points. All we got to do is <laughs> pitch a shutout. <laughs> okay, well, shit, since, since you said it, Coach, shit, I guess that's right. That's what it is. That's, that's what, what it's going to be. Yeah. Man. You know, so, yeah. and, and, and of course – we shut them out. We ended up winning. I think we ended up winning the game by ten. No, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I got a question yeah. for you to follow up on this. So you know, NIL is such a big deal nowadays mm. for kids and everything, and college football. It's totally changed college football landscaping, even more the yeah. transfer portal and everything. What's your What's your stance on NIL? What's your stance on the transfer portal, man? NIL is long overdue. Uh, the only The only issue I have with NIL as I think that NIL should be, it should be regulated. Um, but I honestly think that it should be regulated and it should, and the money should be paid by the universities that are actually benefiting from the guys who are playing. Uh, you have all these people outside and that's why, and that's why it's so crazy. Uh, I feel like everybody who's on scholarship, everybody who puts on a uniform should get NIL money and not just a chosen few. Um, I've always thought, kind of out of the box and felt like uh, if you really wanted to pay pay players and give them an incentive to do right, uh, I think that they should, you know, pay pay everybody. You don't necessarily have to give a, you know, a 17-year-old kid a million dollars. Uh, but if you structure it so that you they, they get paid, 
you take some of that money and you put it in an annuity uh, and it's payable on graduation. And then if you uh, don't graduate, you have to wait five years to get your hands on the money. I like that. Idea. To wow. me, to me, that'd be a much better situation than just saying it's a free for all. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And the transfer portal. What's your thoughts on the transfer portal? Are you, are you okay with the chat too? Hated it. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's too much, man. Dude, it's way too much because to me, I, I'm, a, I'm, I got old school principles, man. So, when I talk about if I'm committed to you, dude, I'm committed to you and I'm expecting for you to be committed mm-hmm. to me. Um, I think that the, to me, transfer portal is kind of like um, people getting married and you're standing at the altar looking for an alternate route. You're, you're standing there. You're looking at the at the at the bridesmaids trying to figure out, you know, if this shit don't work out, which one of them I kind of holler at. Yeah. And, and I think that's how how guys are committing to the to the schools, and they're not going to the schools for the reasons that they need to be going to the schools. I mean, like, true enough, when I went to A and M, everybody everybody in my recruiting class, we we're the number two recruiting class in the country, so everybody thought they were going to the NFL. Um, and that's what that's why we were going to A and M was to go to the NFL. I mean, let's keep it a buck. But at the same time. Uh, for you to decide after your sophomore year, you're not getting your quan, uh, and you just decide to up and leave, it 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 no, it's it's just not it's just not right to me. It's just not right. Uh, I just I just put it like that. I mean, like if you're a senior and you and you want more playing time, I get it. But for a kid who's you know a sophomore, uh, he's a you know he he hadn't cracked the starting lineup yet. I really think that our expectations have gotten a little warped uh, because we have so many, so many people who get early success, but at the same time, they don't realize that, that those are the exception, that they're not the basis for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you may have, you know, one or two sophomores in the country that are super sophomores, but the rest of the guys that actually touch the fields are juniors and seniors are grown ass men. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, but like with, like with Will, he felt like if he didn't get an offer when he was a sophomore or junior, he felt like he was a scrub. Um, so now you got all these guys going into, going into college thinking that, that I want to play early. I want to play early. But when you, when you think about COVID and guys who are in their six or seven year eligibility, and then you're talking about the transfer portal, uh, and then you're talking about, uh, NIL and dude, it's like right now you're you're looking at a unicorn type situation because it's just it's just so much going on and with COVID six seven years you're talking about a a kid coming out of high school you're 18 years old playing against a guy who's 24 years old been been lifting weights and eating like this is how you gonna <laughs> feed his kids no it's a different world bro yeah it's a completely mm-hmm. different world mm-hmm. and you know I, I just I just really think that people ought to kind of step back and really understand that, you know, the, the biggest part about getting a getting a, a scholarship period, forget about if it's D1 or not, the biggest thing is like getting your edu- getting a free education that your parents don't have to pay for. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, anything, anything, anything on top of that, bro, is gravy. <laughs> right. For sure, you know man. Saying? I agree. 100. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, like the, the transfer portal, I think, that, I think they need to rein it in a little bit. Uh, but I think it'll I think it'll actually kind of normal out once all these guys who are still having these uh, COVID years of eligibility 
once once they're out of school, I think it'll actually kind of balance back out. So uh, on that note, we we all know you went to Texas A and M, and you mentioned earlier you had five official visits. Was there any other place you were close to going to, or was it A and M the whole time? <sighs> I got a story for everything, Don. Every sit back is B Mitch story time. <laughs> so <laughs> I wake up National Signing Day, and my mom walks through, and uh, by this time. Um, you know, I'm back at the house, finishing my senior year. Uh, she walks through and she says, uh, so, babe, where you, where you, where you think you're going to uh, go to college? And I said, Mom, I, uh, today I'm going to go ahead and, you know, sign with LSU because I've been wanting to go to LSU since I was in, basically since I was in junior high school. I fell in love with the purple and gold and uh, just thought I'd look good in it and thought that, you know, they, they were a good school for me to go to. They ran a kind of offense I could flourish in. And Coach Fontes made me feel like, you know, I hung the moon and I just thought it was a match made in heaven. And she she said, oh, okay, well, if you go to LSU, you go out my blessing. And then she kept right on walking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is we, we need to thank your mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I mean, think about it. When I say she said it and kept on walking, she literally said it, kept on walking, grabbed her keys, and walked out the house. Wow, man. Later, did I find wow. out that she and my dad uh, met at Southern University, uh, which is right down the street from LSU, and uh, she and my dad decided they wanted to go on LSU's campus go see the. At the time, it was segregated, and you know they wanted to go see what the white, the pretty white campus, what it looked like, and uh, they got chased off of campus by the campus police because they were black. Mm, uh, wow. She held a grudge and said that her baby wouldn't go to LSU, and that's exactly what happened. Mm, so how quick did mm -hmm. you change your mind after that? <laughs> when when she said that and walked out of the house, how quick were you like, well, maybe I'm not going to LSU? That was, no, she didn't even tell me the whole story. She just said, if you go, I'll, I'll go, I'll go without her blessing and walked off. She didn't tell me the whole story. So at that point, it was just like instantaneous, like, okay, well, I guess I'm calling Coach Davey at AM then. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mama. I Mitchell. called him. I called him. He showed up with the paperwork and shit, the rest is as they say history. Yeah. But well, I guess uh, she knew more than I did because that's where I met Karen. Exactly. There yeah, you go. There you go. Yeah. Happens for a reason. Yeah. There was that part of it. That's right. <laughs> uh, you obviously played professional football too. Tell us what the leap was like going from college to football and those, your, your uh, years in the NFL there. The biggest thing that I can tell people about the NFL is when you're in college, just like on any level, everybody has a number one receiver, right? Um, and, and when you get to the league, every receiver is a number one receiver. Like, you're going to have a sprinkle of your, you know, genetic freaks, you know, the guys who are 6'4", 235 pounds, running 4'3". But think about how many though there are of those, you know what I'm saying? They're just really just one or two. Um, but everybody in the NFL is fast. Everybody is strong. Everybody is, you know, savvy to a certain extent. Um Dude, it's 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 a it, the game the speed of the game is just like I say ten times faster than it is in college. Um, the schemes are so much more complicated, uh, but on the really really good teams, it's not complicated because you just got better better guys. I mean, like a lot of times in the NFL, you just have better players 
and it's not necessarily a better coach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Bill Belichick, uh, for lack of a for lack of a better comparison, he's he's a unicorn. I mean, it's not too many times you're gonna have the kind of success he had, and not have the just the best players on the field. Think about the Cowboys; they had the best offensive line in the league when we were growing up uh, for years, yeah. and that's why they were successful. They were just better than everybody. It didn't have shit to do. I don't give a damn what scheme you ran; they were just better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? San right. Francisco. When they got Dion, they were just better. When Dion went to the Cowboys, they were just better. And that's why they had dynasties. Uh, so playing, actually playing the game, uh, football is still football. It's just the guys are just so much better across the board. You can't take a you can't take a playoff. Or hmm. or you're gonna be, you know, sirens gonna be going off and smoke's gonna be going off and you're gonna be on ESPN embarrassing your mama and all <laughs> kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But but as far as the life, bro, I mean, think about it, dude. You're making a bunch of money and you're getting off at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it was not that's the life. Nothing, that's not nothing yeah. like there at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's unfortunate. I mean, like for real, what's not the life? Um the the what I what I miss about the NFL, what I miss about football in general, is something I I, I might have told told this to Cookie one time when we were playing flag. For for me, football is football, and friends are friends. Comrades gonna be comrades. <clears throat> what you miss is the roar of the crowd's approval. And mm. like when you play your last game, you'll never get that again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So if I was to say, <laughs> what was it that I really miss? Um, bro, that that would probably be it. I I miss the roar of the crowds and the roar of the their, the crowds approval and telling me that I did something that they really appreciate that was really cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. you know, but like I said, foot for me, football is football. You know, X's and O's, X's and O's. If you want to know when I really started loving the game, uh when I got released by Carolina, I was salty as shit because I felt like I could still play at a high level. I couldn't. I literally couldn't watch football for like eight years. I didn't mm. even want to. I didn't want to know about scores. I didn't want to see no highlights for eight years. Eight. Mm. Then slowly I started, you know, watching watching football, and I catch the highlights here and there. I could watch a whole quarter. Uh, I could watch a. I could watch part of a college game, but I wouldn't watch the NFL because one of, one of the things that happened to me was uh, we're getting ready to play the uh, the Jaguars. And uh, there was a guy named uh, Hollis, and Hollis uh, went to Michigan State. Now, before that game, we're we're in the we're in the film room because rookies had a uh, had an extra meeting from everybody else. Like we go to all the meetings, and then the rookies had an extra meeting at night. So we're going through one on ones, and Coach says, "I want y'all to take a real good look at this guy Hollis." Now he doesn't have the athletic ability of some of you guys in this room, but damn it, he tries hard. And for me to be coming out of the tunnel and look to my side and Hollis is standing there and I know all the guys that got sent home, it made me salty because I knew that there were guys who were more equipped and better at it than Hollis. But Hollis, for some reason, had a better relationship with the coach and that's why he was still there. Mm, yeah. So when I got so when I got sent home, like I said, I got I, I was salty. Salt, uh, when I say salty, I was saltier than shit, a margarita in Margaritaville, dog. I ain't want no yeah. parts of it. So... But when I actually started loving the game again, when I started coaching my sons, yeah, um, being on the field and watching film with them and 
teaching them and doing techniques. And I, I actually got a love for the game again. And when I say that I appreciate my boys for that, I don't think I would have ever gotten, gotten it back had I not been coaching my sons. Coaching somebody else's kids is one thing, but when you get to coach your own sons and watch their own development, standing mm -hmm. on the sideline day in, day out, you're at practice with them. Uh, like we, we, I, we'd be at home and I'd stop, again, I'd stop an NFL game and show uh, a, a route concept to my youngest, Dylan, and be like, son, what, what play is that? And he could actually tell, tell me the play in our playbook that that, that that scheme is from. That's some cool shit, bro. That is. Man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool. cool. So, so just, that's, that's, that's what my love for the game. I mean, like my love for my game came, came from my bloodline, mm -hmm. but it was continued through my bloodline. I never thought about that until just now. You know what wow. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's great. That's awesome. I love that, Billy. That was really good, man. That, that gave me a little bit of chills just you talking about that stuff. Man. I'm not gonna lie, hearing you like hearing you talk about that the you know that you love the the crowd approval, you know, and all and you know being so salty as you put it, you know, not not playing anymore. I mean, dude, I just I, I love hearing that whole story. I can listen to that all over again. You know, I really could, man. I love that. Sorry, I didn't mean to take somebody's question away. Go well, ahead, well, that, you well, that, well, you you know. A lot of times people don't get to peek behind the curtain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I tell my sons all the time, like everybody always sees what's happening on game day, but that's all that is is showing off, which all the work that you put in, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So being able to like let somebody else peek behind the curtain and, and kind of understand what they've been seeing and, and what that's like. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of what we're, what we're put on the earth to do. And that's to educate and, you know, enhance somebody else's life through a story or through an experience or, you know, just, just letting them know, you know, what they don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got a question for you regarding the crowd. So hmm. know you played with the Sea Wolves for a little bit, that yeah. craziness. How does that compare? Because that's chaos. What is that crowd like? <laughs> Dude, that crowd, I'll be honest with you. Um, out on the field, you don't even hear them. You don't hear them until you, un until you knock somebody's lid off. And then once you have a big hit, you have an interception, you score a touchdown or something, then you hear the sound. But while you're out there on the field, dude, the only only people you hear are people making audibles and checks. You know what I'm saying? And 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 the, and the noise that me and the wide receiver are talking back and forth, bro. You can't hold me, bro. Hold you? How many catches you got? No, what? Matter of fact, once you go tell it, won't not you go write a note, give it to your quarterback to let him know that you're still here. <laughs> I can't imagine hearing B. Mitch talk trash. I just, I just can't imagine. I'm flabbergasted. Like that. Can you imagine, though? I, dude, I used to tell Karen that all the time. Like, baby, I don't say nothing when I'm on the field. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm just out there just doing a job. Mm. Bruh, uh, okay. Talking noise. Nah, that's man. Look, if, so I, you, if you if, if you could be mic'd up. And there's there are certain people that 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 deserve to be mic'd up. I should have been mic'd up when I was out there. <laughs> I, just from the experience I, I had playing with you, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> there are some uh, some definitely one-liners that I think in my head right now. <laughs> no, we had some one-liners out there, though. We yeah. had we had some, hey man, look, like I said, football is football. So when so those years when we played together, Cook man, look, bro, those years I cherish those years because, like I said. When I got released, 
bro, I had to find some kind of way to start enjoying football again. And I, I enjoyed it when I was playing with you, Dan, and and the guys, LP, dude. I mean, it did it it means more to me now than it did then. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. at some point, like I tell my boys, at some point everybody's gonna be a former football player. The question is, when will you become that former football player? Work playing with you guys allowed me to continue to be a football player. I, I do football. Like I said, football is a great game. It's the ultimate team sport, and I just love it to death. I really do. I love what it gave me. Uh, I love the experiences that it's given me with not only me personally, but also for my family. I mean, think about it, dude. You see, you've seen my my kids play. I mean, we. My youngest, like I said, he went to and, and visited Alabama at nine yeah. years old. That's, that's yeah, it's insane. How cool is that? That is really cool, man. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. I've been telling you know? these dudes about, about your boys, man. I've been telling them, hey, man. I'm telling y'all, yeah. they that you got to see these guys. You got to hey, see. Hey, give me, yeah. give me, give me their names, and I'll and I'll put them in the Keeping Up with the Mitchells group. Okay, okay. I'll definitely send that to you because yeah, please. That Keeping Up with the Mitchells group is is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is always fun. Uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, like like right now, Dylan has the number one. He's he's the, he he has the number one time in the hundred in his age group in the country. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, Cook showed us some video of, the, of him running and oh, just yeah. wow. <laughs> I showed. Dude, I, he, I tried to find that video of him. I think it was a couple of years ago. It was the first time he had ran the hundred, <clears throat> and he stumbled out of the blocks and still blew everybody away, and ran the second <laughs> second fastest time in the nation that year. Yeah, someone out of the yeah. blocks. I was like, now nah, this I'm telling you, man, this this kid here's got some wheels. What this this was crazy. This year his fastest time was eleven two three. You got guys who were running he's in the seventh grade. You got guys on varsity who would be glad to run eleven two three and hundred. Yeah. He was in another track meet, was first time using blocks this year. He he didn't he didn't push the, the spike down in, in the blocks on the back. So when he fired when the when the when the gun went off, he fires out the blocks. The blocks shoot out. He falls on his face, gets up, and runs eleven eight nine. Wow! Yeah, that's stupid. That's crazy. Wow! <laughs> that's, when that's I say he, when I say he's ridiculously fast, and then if you see him, he's like a regular sized kid. He's not an oversized kid at all. He's like a regular size seventh grade. He's about five. He's about what five? I think I think Under Armour got him at five three. There you go. Just mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then, and also, I've seen some of them videos too, where people start talking about, oh, he doesn't want the contact, he doesn't want this, and then, <laughs> and then, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, look at this, let me flatten a couple of folks on the way to the end zone. Hey man, he'll hit you with that. He, he's, he, both of them have that 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 mean streak that it takes to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to have a you, for lack of a better term, to play football at a really really high level, you got to have a whole bunch of asshole in you. Okay, you have to enjoy demolishing people to play football at a really, really high level. And both of them got it. You know, Will, you know, dude ran a slant right on Will and Will hit the dude and knocked his helmet off and celebrated. And, you know, the referee threw the flag on the celebration, not on the hit because the hit was a clean hit. Uh, Dylan, uh, I think he fumbled. Uh, the snap when he was a quarterback one time and the kid ran, ran back, touched him down and said, ha ha, you can't catch. And so the next play, I, I called the play to the left, but the kid that said it was on the right. And Dylan said, I said, uh, Mac left. He was like, no, 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 no. I want him to run it over there. <laughs> and I said, dude, that's into the boundary. No, I want to run it over there. Dude, 
he flatlined the kid and kept on running like for like 80 yards, I think. Man. So, man. Well, Billy, I, like I got one more question for you. I don't want to keep you all night because we could listen to a lot of B Mitch stories, apparently. But man, we've gone you, way over the time we said we would, man. I know. That's right? kind of went. Uh, so you play the game. You got your boys playing the game now. What are your thoughts on player safety and how things are done now uh, with everything, concussion protocol, everything, all the rules that are in place? Dude, I got my, my, I have my DeSoto helmet in my weight room at home, and it's a Max Pro. And Dylan, matter of fact, here's Dylan. Say hey, Dylan. What's up, Dylan? <laughs> uh, Dylan put my helmet on, and what Dylan Dylan calls it a concussion bucket. And I have my AM helmet on the wall, and I was like, "No, that's a right deal. It's legit." But the technology in the helmets now have, dude, they are in another stratosphere as far as helmets. Dylan actually has, uh, he, he's actually on his second Vices helmet, which is a thousand dollar helmet. You think my mom could have got me, could have bought me a thousand dollar helmet? No. Mm -mm. Exactly. Yeah. But the but the helmet is, is so technologically advanced. It's basically, if you take all the pads out of it, it's like a rubbery shell, but you put the pads in it and then all of a sudden the structure becomes rock solid and you make a collision and the helmet itself gives and you can actually see it dip, but it's, but you don't feel it, but the, but the person wearing the helmet doesn't feel a thing. So mm. I'm, I'm amazed that I, I mean, like when I think about the concussion bucket that I played with in high school, when I think about all the different rule changes that they made, I look at, I look at the rule changes and I look at my son and tell them that even though it's not the same football game that I grew up with, I'm glad it's a football game that they're growing up with because they'll be able to play with their kids when it's all said and done. They'll be able to run around the field and teach their kids techniques mm -hmm. uh, like I've done with them. But but as big and as strong as as fast the kids are getting now, I don't think that if they change the rules, it would they they last. It'd be impossible for them to last. Bro. Okay. Okay. Well, that's definitely the so, truth of these the size of these kids nowadays, man. Mm -hmm. Wow, some of these dudes in seventh, eighth grade look like grown men. Stop. Pause. On Dylan's offensive line, Dylan's gonna play his last year of little league this year, thirteen year. Dylan's offensive line. I got a guard named Big Tommy, who is like six two. Let's say let, let, let's be generous, three hundred and ten pounds. Whoa. Holy moly. Stop. Yes. I got I got big Brandon, who's like 6'3", probably about 300 pounds. I've got uh, big Cantu, who's about six. He about I say Cantu is about 6'2". He's probably I think he I think he just got down to 290. I got I got my tight end. 13 year olds, man. Dude, they're 13 years old. 13 year old. Wow. <laughs> this is this is Dylan's offensive line. Hmm. Thanks. I, tight end, I got a tight end that's 5'9, 260. Every one of these people weigh more than I do now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Every yeah. one of them. And no wonder he's running so well. My God. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I tell people all the time, dude. He Dylan has benefited from genetics, pure athletic ability, and a really, really good football scheme because his dad has a football mind <laughs> <laughs> you, watch his, no, you watch you watch his film dude he doesn't get touched but if you don't well he has a kind of speed that if you don't touch him in the backfield you're not gonna touch him. yeah um yeah. 
But a lot of times you'll look at his touchdowns and he'll he'll actually run an 80-yard touchdown and don't get touched at all. Mm. The lane is there, he hits the lane, this dude, it's 88, not the gate. Yeah. Mm, but, uh, but I'm gonna put, uh, no, I'm gonna put you guys in the group. You get a chance to check it out. Okay. That'd be great. Look forward to it. Yeah. Look forward to it, Billy. Very much so. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, Billy, we can't talk to you all night. I don't want to do that to you, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your stories and your perspective sure. on everything, man. I, I love hearing about it so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, though. All right, man. 